Well, the complete special grand jury report is out. It is available, and it comes about three weeks after a grand jury, a regular grand jury, indicted former President Donald Trump and 18 others on multiple charges related to overturning the 2020 election. It's a big document and some interesting findings in it. To go through it, we welcome in Stephen Portnoy of ABC. Greetings, Stephen. Hey, it's good to be with you. Hey, great to have you with us. I, I guess just uh, on on the overfront here, why was it so important that this report, which is not legally binding, be revealed? Well, I, look, I think it's in the public interest that we see a public you know, government document. I think there's always uh, something interesting to know uh, what's, what's secret. If it belongs to the public, we all ought to see it. Now, why is it significant? I'm not sure it is. That's a completely different question. <laughs> uh, because, look, what, what, the grand jury, what the special grand jury did was it met for over six months last year, and it allowed Fonnie Willis to take testimony and gather information that she then used to build her case. At the end, the special grand jury delivered a report. And this was delivered, handed up in December of last year. This isn't new. It's new to us, but it's not new to the prosecution. And what did they do? Well, these citizens of Fulton County, Georgia, impaneled to hear testimony, decided it was their judgment, and they say they were not led by prosecutors in making these judgments, that these 39 people in this document should be charged. Now, among them, you see names like Donald Trump, Sidney Powell, John Eastman, many of the people who ultimately were charged. But you also see other names. Former Senators Kelly Leffler and David Perdue, current Senator Lindsey Graham, the former uh, National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. In the end, of the 39 people, 21 of them have not been charged. And this is why it's important to understand. Grand juries are tools for prosecutors, but they are laymen. They do not have the skills of attorneys. Sometimes you'll get an attorney on a grand jury, and that's always a nice thing, but it's the prosecutors who use the grand jury to gather evidence, to uh, compel testimony, and ultimately it's prosecutors who have the discretion to decide who actually gets charged. They have to go to the grand jury and ask for an indictment, and that's what happened in this case with the, 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 the 19 individuals who have been indicted. But this much broader list of 39, really not uh, all that significant legally. It's interesting, but not significant. So it poses the question of why Lindsey Graham was not indicted and why these other ones were not indicted that you mentioned, the other names, Leffler and Purdue. Um, there is a different standard of evidence for a grand jury that's not as strong as for a jury. Can you talk a little bit about why you think Graham wasn't indicted? Well, look, at the end of the day, uh, uh, the, the grand jury standard is, is um, I think, believe it's the preponderance of the evidence, right? The idea is that there uh, has to be, or no, probable, probable cause. cause. Probable, probable cause. cause. Thank you very much. Probable cause is the standard for a grand jury. Preponderance of the evidence is in a civil case and ultimately reasonable doubt for a criminal case. Uh, the bottom line is, uh, it, it's a decision that only Fonnie Willis as the prosecutor can make. Uh, but there's one other element to it. And that has to do with the constitutional protections that are unique to members of Congress. There's something called the Speech and Debate Clause in the Congress, which says, in the Constitution, which says that a member of the House and Senate cannot be questioned in any other place for what they do that is squarely in line with their legislative responsibilities. Lindsey Graham, as he was talking to reporters today, said that whatever it is he did, the phone call he made to uh, Brad Raffensperger, the inquiries that he may have pursued uh, right after the 2020 election, were squarely in line with his role at the time as chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. And ultimately, he did have to vote, and he did vote, 
on the question of whether to accept the electors from certain states. Now, it happens that Graham voted to accept the election results, and he did not vote with those who denied Joe Biden's victory. So he has a pretty strong argument, I'd say, that uh, whatever he did was to help better inform himself for the votes that he were to be taking and was going to take on the floor of the Senate. Stephen, I spent some time with the report today. I, I thought it was interesting that it was it was almost called out that, you know, some of those who were not charged, they were just pandering to the fan base. It's how it was viewed, that it, it maybe wasn't a true representation of their actual thoughts and beliefs, that pandering to the fan base was a, 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 a method for not charging some of the individuals on this list. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure I follow, but I, I do think one other thing I found interesting was the vote breakdown. This is a bit dense to talk about on the radio because there's a lot of numbers that'll fly around. But you can see, if you obtain this document, how in some cases it was almost unanimous that uh, of the 23 members of the grand jury, almost everybody thought that uh, Donald Trump should be indicted. But one person said no. And there's differing breakdowns on different charges. And then you get down to Lindsey Graham, and, and there was the weakest support for a recommendation that Lindsey Graham be indicted. Well, he was, all, he, he was also, I'm sorry to mean to interrupt, but he sure. was also not caught on tape, right? There's no, there's no, um, well, no smoking gun. Uh, right. And we don't, we don't know what he told the grand jury. So it's difficult to assess their decision making, but it is interesting to see how, you know, what that decision was and to see that only 13 of the 23 grand jurors thought that, that Lindsey Graham should be on the list is interesting. Uh, at the end of the day, grand juries, again, this was not one empowered to make a decision on an indictment. It was simply there to recommend, uh, but it was a pretty weak recommendation, right? If you have 23 grand jurors and you need a majority and you get 13 votes, well, that's that's barely a majority. Uh, and so uh, I, th that's just one thing I thought was interesting. You can you can look at it, but you really can't. We can't divine a great deal from this because we don't know what testimony they heard. We don't know uh, who else they may have considered and rejected. This is not a complete list, but it is a list of the 39 people that these individuals thought should be brought to, to, to justice. In the end, a completely different grand jury delivered indictments for 19 people. But it was because Fonnie Willis presented over, over a day, basically, uh, the, the list of 19 that she felt uh, she had a case to make. And that's the other thing, too. It, it, prosecutors can only proceed, or really ought to only proceed, with, with charges that they believe they truly can prove in court. Interesting stuff indeed, and fascinating developments. The full port uh, report from the special grand jury uh, made public. That's not always the case, but it is available for us all to consume. Stephen Portnoy, ABC. Enjoy your weekend. Stephen, thank you so much for chiming in today. You bet.